WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. Some things are almost too dumb to contemplate. There's an article on that Players Tribune website, which has just become sob story central. Steph Curry wrote an article about women's equality. It's very important to him because he wants his daughters to get every chance. Steph, I got a feeling your daughters are going to get every chance. It's called inherited wealth. Curry is suggesting a good campaign, women's equality. Maybe he just shouldn't be the spokesman. Right, like Steph Curry's daughters are going to lack for opportunity. Serena Williams wore a black catsuit-type outfit at the French Open, and now big-time tennis has decided Serena can't wear it. It's stupid. Dress codes are stupid. Serena Williams should be allowed to wear whatever she wants when she plays tennis. But too predictably, some are now saying the decision is racist. I challenge anyone to connect those dots and tell me exactly, exactly how that decision is racist, because it isn't, not even remotely. When a decision goes against a person of color, it's not always racist. When a person of color is criticized, it's not always racist. I always hear crap like that. Oh, Madden never criticizes the white players. I guess the name Tom Barrasso doesn't ring a bell. Or Jason Kendall. Isn't Clint Hurdle white? And haven't I always supported protesting during the anthem? But that's the convenient argument. Whenever a person of color knows an unpleasant moment, it's racism. Oh, Madden doesn't like Juju because he's black. No, I don't like Juju because he's not going to be what he should be as long as he's more lit than he is focused. And you just watch how that turns out. Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping to build the right way since 1956. I talked about that on the final word last night. Channel 11. If you want to win, you need to be focused and work hard. The emphasis shouldn't be on being lit. The emphasis shouldn't be on having fun. I will continue to believe that until I'm proven wrong. By the way, getting back to the curry kits. I don't think they'll be wearing hand-me-downs or, or, or eating leftovers for days on end anytime soon. Not only is their dad this multi-multi-multi-multi-multi-millionaire basketball player, Steph Curry's dad played 16 years in the NBA. Ain't nobody thinking the Curry family is going to ever lack opportunity. That was certainly a woke discussion. I didn't even get to Jamel Hill, but I will a little bit later. 412. 3-3-3-99-39. Three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Seriously, there's some schmuck sitting in a trailer or some shabby house or some small apartment, some tenement, black, white, Asian, whatever he or she may be, with two daughters who have nothing, who have nothing. And he has to hear about Steph Curry hoping his daughters get equal opportunity. That is so tone-deaf, it's mind-boggling. And I think Steph Curry is a good guy. But money makes you tone-deaf. No question. Especially when you combine it 
with self-righteousness. Money and self-righteousness are just a deadly combination. That combination is doing the country in. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. By the way, I was going to bring this up during the Tiger segment. People always get their careers and their legacies marred by one bad moment, one ill-advised statement. I was reading an article. Tiger Woods, back when he first became popular, made a joke that was both racist and sexist in, I think, Esquire magazine. He was quoted, and he just got right over it. It goes back to what I've always said. We decide first whether or not we like the person, and then we judge the gravity of his sin to help us arrive to our original conclusion. Should I tell the joke the tiger told? I could say the straight line and not the punchline. You could guess the punchline. And if I left the racial inflection out of it, it might be okay. The the setup line is, use dictate in a sentence. Use dictate in a sentence. And it involved the little rascals, and it just went really bad from there. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty. Oh, uh, I posted a trailer for that movie coming out, which has incredible hype. Incredible hype. A Star is Born, Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga. Do you know that's a remake of a remake of a remake? This is the fourth version of A Star is Born. And it has basically the same script. I hate to... I hate to give spoilers out, but but basically it's an older star. In, in the original version, it was a movie star. Now it's a music star. A fading male star takes an up-and-coming female star under his wing. She breaks through. He becomes an alcoholic, old news. She becomes more famous than him, and they have to cope with that. But yeah, the original version was 1937, then 1954, then 1976, and now this one. The 1976 movie was very good. Uh, the stars were Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand. Bradley Cooper's playing the Chris Christopherson role. He will have to go a long way to be a more effed up, burnt out, alcoholic rock star that Chris Christopherson was. Chris Christopherson, probably a bigger star than a lot of people remember, wrote some great songs. Me and Bobby McGee, the Janis Joplin sang. That was a Chris Christopherson song. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, I want to talk about this before we we go too far. Pine Richland High School got beat 42 nothing by that football factory from Florida, IMG Academy, that was this past Friday at Pine Richland. Pine Richland is defending state and Whippeal champ at the 6A level. Like I said, 42 zip. I give credit to Pine Richland for taking on such a challenge. And I know Eric Kasparovich, the coach, uh, he'll make sure his kids build in a positive way from that experience. But that IMG team, kids from 18 states in Canada, that's not high school football. 
That's not your district or your neighborhood. At least Central Catholic doesn't fly in kids from 18 states. That IMG team is a bastard version, a grotesque parody of high school football. North Hills won, go Indians. Shaler somehow won, beat Newcastle. I blame Jen Bellano for that, the uh, Penguins PR lady. That snapped a 24-game losing streak for Shaler. Wow. Well, you know, I glanced down, and Tottenham scored twice against Man United. I literally glanced on to look at my my notes, and it went from nil-nil to two-nil. I just now saw the second goal. Let's go to Mark in Greensburg. Mark, you're on with Double M. Hey, uh, how you doing there? Great. Um, hey, I, the reason I call, I listen to your show, I love your show. Um, uh, the reason that I'm calling in... Uh, Two things to make them short, and maybe you could. Uh, so far, they're not very short. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, okay, the 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 Seth Curry thing with the daughters. Um, you know, when we take a look at. It, I agree with you. Uh, this young man's never going to have to worry about his daughters ever worrying about anybody treating them or mistreating them. Well, no, I mean, you know, they could go in the wrong direction. It could, you know, some kids rebel against that kind of upbringing. I don't think they will. Everything you see, the Currys are marvelous parents, and the daughters are, are cute as the proverbial button. But uh, I just think when a multimillionaire talks about wanting his daughters to have the same opportunity, they want the same opportunity. They'll have better opportunity than just about anybody on the planet. I agree. I agree. And I, my question is for this: Do you think that a lot of these uh, these athletes do this for PR work? I don't know. Because, you see, here's the thing. A lot of people will take what Steph Curry said and be laudatory because at face value it's the right thing to say. It's just ridiculous that it's him saying it. It's, it's tone deaf and absurd that he's worried about the opportunity his daughters will get. Now, if he's worried about the opportunity that any young woman will get, anybody's daughter, that I get. But I want my daughters to have the same opportunity. Yeah, they, they might get a pretty good opportunity, based on having gotten tens of millions of dollars from you. Let's go to Grant. Grant on 79. Grant, you're on with Double M. Yeah, hey, Mark. Hey, I, I just wanted to say the hypocrisy of people saying that the Serena Williams things had anything to do with race, uh, especially in tennis in the Opens. They came down on Andre Agassi so hard about the hair, the hairbands, the shoes, and all the colorful things. Well, now, it is stupid that they want to keep any tennis player of any color or sex from wearing whatever he or she wants. But it's nothing to do with race. Right, exactly. Let's go to RJ and Glenshaw. RJ, you're on with Double M. Hey, good day, Mark. Right. Hey, uh, I just want to say, I called on Friday mentioned I was going to the IMG game. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Coach Kasparovich and the Rams. Uh, honestly, um, all the hype surrounding IMG, I was more impressed with the Rams. Uh, that sophomore quarterback they got. Yeah, that's uh, just going too man. far overboard to, to say you were more impressed by the team that got beat 42-zip. Sorry, but uh, but do a commercial somewhere else. I gave him enough credit in for one day. I, I mean... Pine Richland has three kids that are Division I uh, recruits on the line alone. Three Division I linemen. They were getting lost by all accounts in the size of that IMG line. My God.
412-333-9939 is the number to call. What did you think of the way the Steelers looked on Saturday? Their defense played uh, better. How much did it encourage you? And what about my idea the Steelers should play three safeties, which would entail benching Bostick and using Terrell Edmonds as a starter? Your thoughts, 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Good day, Mr. Madden. Good day. Hey, Mark. I want a sugar daddy. Double M, love to hang. About all at once. The X at 105.9. If you're just tuning in, the Steelers made a roster move today. They traded a fifth-round pick to the Oakland Raiders for wide receiver Ryan Switzer and a sixth-round pick. Uh, Switzer was a rookie with Dallas last year, caught just six balls. Mostly uh, return punts and kicks. As you heard Matt Williamson say last hour, he expects Switzer to come in and be the Steelers' number one punt returner. Uh, he played college ball for Carolina and ripped up Pitt a couple times. So he'll be returning to what for him was a happy hunting ground when he plays at Heinz Field. In other Steelers news, T.J. Watt and Ramon Foster both returned to practice today. Uh, Ramon Foster said he anticipates being available for week one at Cleveland. We mentioned before Antonio Brown still out with that quad problem. He's training at a gym in Wexford with James Harrison as opposed to the Steeler facility on the south side. I'm not sure why that is. I don't think that's bad. I do think it's amusing. But... uh, all these guys who've been out, and we've said it's precautionary, whether it's uh, A.B., Vance McDonald. Well, Vance McDonald's legit hurt. James Washington has that that uh, that ab injury. And, of course, Mike Hilton has been out for quite a bit of time. Uh, that's a lot of guys. Morgan Burnett has been out. Not sure when those guys will be back, but uh, the Steelers are a good team this year. In fact, Sports Illustrated thinks they're real good. I'll tell you how good they think the Steelers will be in a moment. But uh, I think for the Steelers to be as good as you want them to be, they need all hands on deck. And right now there's a lot of guys who who aren't practicing. And, of course, Lev Bell not even yet in camp. I'm telling you, I know you don't want to hear this, which is kind of what makes it fun to say. But... Lev Bell's going to be a pain in the ass this year. To come in late like he did last year is one thing. This year he's coming in late and already has one foot out the door for greener pastures before the season even starts. I bet he's tough to deal with, and I would bet he wants to limit his touches by way of preserving himself for free agency. I don't know if he'll say that publicly. I bet he says it privately. I bet it definitely becomes an issue. I got the Sports Illustrated uh, NFL preview issue, which is always very good. They're picking the Steelers to go 11-5 and and to win the AFC, to make it to the Super Bowl, but lose to Atlanta in the Super Bowl. SI is picking the Steelers to beat New England in the AFC Championship game at New England. Wow. If that happens, that would be almost as good as winning the Super Bowl. Uh, Colin Coward did a thing today where he talked about 
He described every AFC team in three words. He said, Steelers, Super Bowl bound. Boy, I don't get all this rampant, crazy optimism. I look at that D, and I see that D. I'm not looking at that O and fantasize. I'm looking at the defense and wondering. But SI says Super Bowl bound. Colin Coward literally said Super Bowl bound. So it'll play out. It always does. Uh, Vince Williams said on Saturday he will not talk to the media this year. He was fairly chanting, all walk, no talk, all walk, no talk, all walk, no talk, when he was leaving the locker room after the game on Saturday. Dear Jesus, what will we do without all that insight? Let's go to Brandon on the pike. Brandon, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, I just wanted to comment a little bit. Um, you were talking about the like the big nickel package, having three what safeties or quarterbacks out there. Uh, no, no, no. Playing three safe, playing three safeties. Uh, oh, oh, one more safety and one less linebacker. Okay. Well, uh, what do you think that's going to do for our run? Stopping the run game. I don't think it's that important to stop the run in this day and age. Plus, which. Two of the safeties are very big for safeties, Morgan Burnett and Terrell Edmonds, and they could function as linebackers against the run uh, with certain teams. Now, would I play that formation against Jacksonville and Leonard Fournette? I might not. But against most teams, with the emphasis so much on the pass in today's NFL, I think you could do it, and you'd be getting more talent on the field. I mean, you might be wondering if the three-safety package could stop the run, Brandon. I'm going to ask you. Can they stop the pass with Bintz and Bostick both on the field at the same time? That's a very good question. It might it very well might be a double-edged sword, you know, uh, a more of a situation like you said. It's well, well right, but, but, but let me ask you this. Which side of the sword do most teams use more often, the pass or the run? They do use the pass more often. However, I think a good run game, having a, good, a successful run game, I mean, that, that's setting yourself up for success. Yeah, I, I, I know where you're coming from, Coach Knoll, but, uh, but, 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 but here's the thing, too. Let's say because you play the three safeties, you, you convince the other team to run more. If they're a passing team and they're playing away from their strength, haven't you accomplished something right then and there? Yeah, that's a very good point. See, see here, here's my bottom line, Brandon. Let me, let me run it to you this way. Who's a better football player, Bostick or, or Edmonds? I'd, I'd probably say Edmonds. Well, to be determined, but for now, we'll go with Edmonds. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Mike in Penn Hills. Mike, you're on with the Super Genius. Hey, Mark, I'd like to talk about the Saturday the Saturday Steeler game. Yep. I was not very encouraged with that. Like I understood that we, we tackled a lot better, but I won't be impressed or encouraged at all until I see us do it in a regular season. And I wanted well, to well, ask of you, course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, but, but they played better defensively against Tennessee than they did at Green Bay. Are we agreed on that? Right. Their pass rush was excellent. It got six sacks and collapsed the pocket. We agree on that, right? Correct. Cam Haver was a catalyst. He made things happen, made everybody else out there better. Do we agree on that? Yes, he did. Terrell Edmonds showed athleticism, made a splash play, got a good return. I mean, there was a lot to like out there, brah. Right. Thank you for the call. Okay, we got Rick and Zig on hold. We'll get to them in a second if they 
We're willing to wait, and I hope they are because I see in their subject line that they have some juicy stuff to talk about. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. He is Iron Man. Double M, what's up, buddy? Hi. Hey, Double M, just want to get your point on something. But he had sacks. But he had sacks. But he had sacks. The X at 105.9. New restaurant opening on the North Shore soon. North Shore 7. Proprietor, one Ben Roethlisberger. I should be able to squeeze a free meal or free drink out of, out of that, I would hope. I'm sure it'll be great. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, I sense more optimism on behalf of the Steelers on the national level than I do on the local level. Sports Illustrated is predicting the Steelers to get to the Super Bowl, then lose to Atlanta. Colin Coward of Fox Sports Radio says the Steelers are Super Bowl bound. I am not dismissing the possibility... I just look at that defense and I I don't see it. Oh, I see it happening if this, that, and the other thing go just so. If they play D like they did against Tennessee Saturday and not like they previously did against Green Bay, then again, none of that really matters because it's all preseason. How about the number of empty seats at uh, Heinz Field? on Saturday. You know what they really do need to do, and I, I, I hesitate to say they should add more regular season games, but they should add a 17th regular season game and just play two exhibition games. That would shorten the whole process by one week. The owners could just raise the prices a little bit and squeeze as much money out of the situation. You, you know what they should do? How about this? Raise the price for the regular season games and keep it at 16 games. And then sell the tickets to your two home exhibitions, because every team gets two. Sell those on the cheap so people who can't afford or can't get tickets to the regular season games can come down and see the stadium. What happens a lot with those exhibition tickets is people get the season tickets, they pay for the exhibition games because you have to. They're included. The owners love those exhibitions because they're not paying the players. And then those people are too lazy to give the tickets away, God, God, let alone sell them online, so they just eat the tickets. Bert Lawton, who never lies, I will say, except when he has to, the Steelers PR guy, he said over 40,000 people went through the turnstiles on Saturday. They must have all gone to that Franco Harris pizza place. I didn't see him in the stands. You know, that Frank Harris Pizza Place, this is a unique way of making them. I heard they drop the dough on the floor before they they make the pizza, just like the Immaculate Reception. They trap the dough. I hope it's clean dough. Anyway, tell me if you think the Steelers are a legitimate Super Bowl team. I hear that being said more by people outside Pittsburgh than I do people in the city. And I'm talking media, but I sense it's the same with the fans as well. And mark my words, I think the Bell situation is going to be very unhealthy and could easily implode. Oh, this just in. Tomorrow's show, it'll be a pleasure to have as my guest one of the Fighting Irish, now with the Stillers, defensive end Stephon Tuitt.
joins the program tomorrow. That's going to be good stuff. Stefan to it here tomorrow on the Mark Madden Show. Let's go to Zig and Gibsonia. Zig, you're on with Double M. I, I got a, probably a rudimentary question for you. Why do we even care that they're trying to sell, sign Le'Veon Bell? They're like, not, the dude, they, they're not going one, to be able to sign Le'Veon Bell. He's going to leave via free agency at the end of the season. Well, no, like, like if he doesn't want to play, just say forget it and go find someone else. Like, why is it so important? Are you su- are you suggesting get rid of Bell like right now? Yeah, he's the he's he's one of the top two or three running backs in football. That's well, why. Okay, but it, it, so he's that important. To yes, our team. he is what that important. What, what about what you had said like a couple calls ago when you were talking about the safety and uh, the linebacker? You're like, oh, the run game's not all that that important. What? I didn't say that. Well, no, but with with the. Oh, oh, so you quoted me and then just immediately said, well, you didn't really say that. Anything else? Because this is getting real boring and real stupid. Well, yeah. You're not gonna, of course it is, because you're boring and stupid. You're not going to let one of the top running backs in the league just walk because you're miffed because he won't sign a deal he doesn't want to sign. You just get what you can out of him. You use him for one more year. Hopefully you win with him, and then he walks. You don't make moves, bro, bro. I, I would bet you work at some menial, low-paying job. You don't make moves out of spite and vengeance. Well, if the dude doesn't want to work, then he doesn't want to work. Get rid of him. You see, I can't, I can't describe how stupid I think you are. What's your level of education, sir? I got an associate's degree. From where? From where? Yeah. From college. What college? Like Disco Tech? Oh. Where? Triangle Tech. Good one. And that's why fans aren't GMs. Let's go to uh, Rick in Dormont. Rick, you're on with Double M. Hey, before I talk about the uh, record projection, I wanted to touch on your free safety concept. I think that the big safety could be the new inefficiency in the NFL. However, I think with the new rules in place, it's going to be incredibly hard for them to play the position as it's meant to be played. So I think they, the Steelers, unfortunately, might be like a year late to the party. Oh, no, I, I, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think a safety's going to have any any more trouble hitting under the new rule than anybody at any position. Why would you think that? Just, I mean, they have to. I watch Ryan Clark play. I mean, I, I'm not his biggest fan, but the way he played the position, every one of his hits that he made was Yeah, people. yeah, and that had nothing to do with him being a safety and everything to do with him being the kind of player he was. This is no more a burden on any one position. Some players, yes, like you described, the big hitters, but it's not a burden on safeties any more than linebackers. What else you got? Uh, the the eleven and five record. I'm not sure if the national media thought close enough, or us in Pittsburgh here are just too close to the team. But I I just wonder which one it is, Mark. Um, if, if we just see looking and nitpicking at things like, and I do believe the defense is, is definitely not as good as the national media does think. But I do think that if they are a turnover defense this year, which is true with any team, if you get turnovers, you're going to win more games. But what would, what would, make, sure you, what would make you think it's a turnover defense? Um, just the addition of a few new guys. I mean, Burnett's never been a huge turnover guy, but the way Edmund talks the ball, I think if they plays as much as he should play, that, um, I mean, if the guy gets six picks, that's, that's probably the tops for a D-back here in the last 10, 20 years. I'm yeah, boy, those splash plays are very capricious. Sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't. Look at last year. 
look what Matt Williamson said. The Steelers led the league in sacks, but they weren't anywhere near the best pass rush. And, you know, quarterback pressures, all that stuff. They And, and this year their pass rush actually looks better. It looked better. I, I shouldn't I, say that. That's that's a rash judgment based on Saturday, but it looked real good on Saturday. That those, those sack numbers from last year, man. Did they play some bad quarterbacks, Mark? You still got to sack the guy, though. You can only sack the quarterback that plays. Absolutely, I agree. It'd be great if they like ran on the sideline once and sacked the other quarterback. What do they sack their own quarterback? What do they snap the ball to Ben in the O line, turn around and tackle him? Let's go to Connor in North Hills. Connor. What? What up? Let me get your take on Saquon Barkley being a consensus top 10 draft pick in fantasy. I don't care at all about fantasy. Anything else? <laughs> That's it. Come on. Let's go to Chuck in West Mifflin. Chuck, you're on with these super genius. Hey, big sexy, big fan. Right. 13-3 and three with no injury to Ben or Bell. If Ben or Bell goes down, I don't see them winning ten games. Thirteen and three with that defense. Thirteen and three with that defense because they can score points, and I think that defense is going to gel. Keeping in mind that they won what was it five games by three or less points last year. That's okay. Do you think that all that can replicate? You think they can be that good and get that lucky two years in a row? Absolutely. I, I think Artie Burns turns the corner this year a little bit better. Oh, okay, what would what what evidence have we seen to convince you he's going to turn the corner? I mean, you could be right, but what, what are you predicating that upon? He seems a little bit quicker and a little bit faster, like he's paying attention to the ball and the quarterback a little bit more, but we haven't seen him play like a full 60 minutes, so it's not going to tell until they get into the you know the actual season. No, no, that that's fair enough, but you're you're... You're extrapolating an awful lot. I mean, I hope you're right, and I understand where where you're coming from, where Coward's coming from, where I think Andy Benoit, our buddy, did those picks at Sports Illustrated. They were 13-3 and last year. They got a great offense. I just do. don't trust the defense. You know what else worries me? Well, we talked about the Bell situation. Bell's going to be toxic this year. You watch. He will, I, I, he will, I, I, he will, I agree with he you. He will drag that team down. The only question is to what degree, and will he still perform at his usual level? Will he still want as many I'd touches? To- I'd rather have a toxic bell than a full-time James Conner. And that's why they didn't get rid of him, like the like the one caller suggested a, a few oh, moments tr- ago. I also tr- worry, here's a, here's a hidden danger, Chuck. What about the lack of depth on an offensive line this year? The lack of depth specifically at tackle. Yeah, especially if B.J. Finney were to go down and they're done. Well, no, B.J. Finney's always been their one-stop gap at guard and center, but they lost the guys who, they lost, the you know, uh, Gerald Hawkins is hurt. They lost, uh, what's his name, Ballard? Yeah, well, how much, uh, how much stock? Hubbard, Hubbard, excuse me. Yeah, they lost, Hubbard, you know, much... so like, but they like Chooks. They like the draft pick and tackle. Maybe they'll be okay. Right, but how much stock do you put in how much Ben's going to call his own plays and being able to get rid of the ball quick to protect himself if he's doing it? Versus being stuck back there if they do run into I think Ben's been getting rid of the ball quickly to protect himself for yeah. quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm think, not worried I about I'm not worried. Let yeah. me tell you, as I said before, and I said last night on the final word on Channel 11, people were complaining that Ben had an up-and-down game on Saturday. Ben is the one guy you shouldn't worry at all about. Ben is Ben. He's going to play like Ben. He's the man. Worry about everybody else and, and keep Ben at the bottom of your worry list. 
Going to talk to Bob McLaughlin next. Man United getting cracked at home, 3-0 by Tottenham. And I, I got no dog in that fight. I Liverpool are 3-0 and in first place right now, but uh, it shocks me this is happening at Man United. And Mourinho, I don't think he was going to be there that much longer anyway, but uh, this don't bode well. 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, hey, super genius, big, big fan. See, you're just screwing with me. You're doing a good job, but you're just screwing with me, right? The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by 84 Lumber. Bob, your thoughts on the Steelers acquiring Ryan Switzer. Uh, rookie last year with Dallas, caught just six balls but fairly experienced in the return game and uh, played very well for North Carolina, in particular against Pitt during his collegiate career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of Pittsburgh people very familiar with Mr. Switzer's work, uh, especially with him being in the end zone. Um, good for the Steelers. I mean, good that they're at the point right now where they're looking at some details. Uh, I read a couple of stories where Mike Tomlin liked him a lot coming out of North Carolina State, and you know if they want to go out and get him because they still like what they see, and they North think, Carolina, Bob. North Carolina, me. but if they still like him, um, you know, after what they've seen with him in the pros, and he's done some damage. You know, he had a nice long return uh, for the Cowboys, eighty-three yarder, which showed just blazing speed. Um, but good for them. I mean, you've got position. It's funny how you keep fifty-three guys on the roster, and some of them never even matter. You know, they're just bodies to have in case. Of, of replacement or something else, it's good to go out and specifically target and get somebody that you think can help with one aspect. Uh, Bob, in his senior year, which was 2016 against Pitt, Switzer had 16 catches for 208 yards and a touchdown. Unfortunately, Mark, I I already saw, I I am familiar with those numbers. (laughs) I just hope he's not tired. Well, it's funny looking at social media. From then. What's that? Oh, from then, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny how you're looking at social media, and there's a lot of stories about the people that uh, the Steelers have collected that did some real damage, you know, against Pitt, you know, over the last few years. Uh, who and hasn't? Adding right, adding Switzer to it is just like wow, <laughs> this is not good. What was your take on the Saturday game? I thought the defense looked considerably better. They did. They looked considerably better. I thought the pass rush was better. I thought the tackling was better. Um, I know you just mentioned you're going to have Stefan Tuit on the show tomorrow. Uh, he was in the backfield a bunch. He did some damage. Cam Hayward, of course, did some damage. So the front fr- front three looked better, and the secondary looked better. Um, still some questions as you went over with Matt Williamson about what they're going to do with linebacker. And look, I'm fine with the three free, the three safety role also, the three safety model, uh, because those are some athletes out there. You know, those guys a little bit bigger. Um, than your typical safety. I just think, I mean, Bostick's bigger than Terrell Edmonds, but Terrell Edmonds is pretty big. He can move better. He's a playmaker. It's a passing league. I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah, the athleticism with his size, speed, you know, all of that thrown in there, uh, boy, that's a weapon. So if it works out, great. Uh, They have the bodies and the personnel to do it. In 2015, Switzer against Pittsburgh. Only five catches, but for 126 yards. (laughs) That's that speed, all speed. And, And a touchdown. Uh. What was your take? Maybe I'm making fun of this too much because I have a lot of respect for Steph Curry. But what's your take on him uh, saying he hopes his daughters get every opportunity in this screed he wrote for the Players' Tribune? Rather had somebody write for him talking about equality for women. I agree that that's a cause to be pursued, equality for women. 
But when the multimillionaire, who's the son of a multimillionaire, is worried for his daughters, that comes off as just a little tone deaf. You know, I, I have no problem with it, Mark, because of what you said. You know, that that's what the Tribune is for. Uh, it's, sometimes it's just for athletes like that to get their message I out. I thought it was so good when it started because it gave a different perspective. Now it just gives the same perspective every week. There's some sob story or, or they're campaigning for some woke cause. I'm just not interested. Uh, I'm still interested. I like a lot of the stuff that they put out there. Uh, and on this one, I'm going to give Steph Curry the pass. You know, I don't think, you know, there's nothing wrong with it because obviously he was asked about that. Hey, we need you to do something for the, uh, for the magazine. Please, uh, you know, what do you want to do? And because he's a millionaire, because he's in the state, you know, because he is known as he is, I kind of get it. I kind of get why he would be the one putting that message out there. I, I, I don't have a problem with it. By the way, I, I finished looking at Ryan Switzer's uh, splits against Pitt. As a sophomore, three catches for 68 yards. That's reasonable. As a freshman, two catches for 21 yards. I honestly feel if, if, if Pitt had played against Switzer when he was a freshman in high school, they would have shut his ass down. <laughs> uh, Bob, what about Serena Williams not being allowed to wear her cat suit in tennis competition? And some people, and you, you've heard them, you've seen it on Twitter, saying it's racist. Stupid. It's stupid. Why would they care? I mean, with well, all the well, money. What's stupid? The acquisitions the of ruling. racism or the or the uh, not allowing her to wear the cat suit? Well, a bit of both, actually. Um, it's stupid that they won't let her wear it because with all the money that they spend from those apparel companies, if that's you know what she's comfortable playing, she's the athlete, she wants to wear it, you don't, they should have no problem with that. I mean, unless it's like degrading or, you know, it shows too much or something, but that's not what we're talking about here. It's just different, and that's why they don't want it. Um, and for the people who just go right to the racism card, sorry, not this time. That caller earlier in the show brought up all the stuff about Andre Agassi and all the problems he had and other players at the time. You know, it's it can't just be racism every single time. Or sexism. Right, because when it is, then it doesn't have as much gravitas. Well, Bob, like, like I said in my original commentary, Every time a person of color knows an unpleasant moment, it's not racism. Every time a decision goes against a person of color, it's not necessarily racism. Sometimes it is, but we tend to make it a blanket judgment. Right. That if a person of color uh, gets something decided against them, that it must be racism. Even when a person of color is criticized. Bob, you see Twitter. Every time I criticize a black athlete, I get called a racist. It's absurd. I mean, I, there has never been an athlete I've been harder on than Tom Barrasso. Who's white? Really white, by the way. <laughs> um, what? Uh, what? We're gonna. I'm gonna talk about Jamel Hill in a few minutes. Uh, what's your take on the way it ended for her at ESPN? And is it fair for me to say she failed? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think she failed. But you know, it ended amicably between the two parties. She wants to go do politics. You know that she can't keep her mouth shut on that. So she wants to do that. Good for her. That's not the forum on ESPN to do that. Um, maybe tangentially it is if, you know, the president says this, or if somebody says that, you know, trying to make a rule or they want, you know, Congress to make a rule about teams playing teams in a home state or something. We've seen all of this politics and, and sports cross mesh and everything, but she doesn't want to do sports anymore. She saw the reaction she got from being political and that's what she wants to do. Like I intend to talk about at length in a few seconds, Bob. Her and that Michael Smith got handed a plum job, the 6 p.m. Sports Center, and it's like they intentionally ruined it. They just went in there and blew it up. They 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 made uh, 
references and, and talked about stuff and went on social media. They just went in the exact opposite direction you should go if you want to succeed. Now, if you want to talk politics, that's fine, mm-hmm. but that's not what they want. Exactly. And, ESPN used to know their audience, Mark. They gave them exactly what they wanted. I, I don't think they know that anymore. Now they're looking for the splashy thing, the quick well, thing. Well, yeah, oh, but now is the in. problem is they've been hijacked and, and maybe hijacked permanently. You know who the first guy to hijack him was? Keith Olbermann. He started stirring the political references back when SportsCenter was in its relative infancy. And, uh, and like, that's what killed Get Up. Get Up was rumored to be the woke morning show. Right. And it wasn't. It was just a bad morning show. But people just thought it would be woke, and people who don't want that stayed away from the from the drop. Well, I think it's because nobody really knows what woke is. Everybody has a different definition of I don't know what that means. I don't know what woke. lit means. Right. Well, I think you can guess what lit means. And if not, you'll learn at 530 when Kabali joins you. Oh, he is lit. Let me tell you what. If you want to read some writing that's lit, go to theathletic.com. Read Kabali. He is lit AF. That's Bob McLaughlin, Rutschman 84 Lumber. Talk more about Jamel Hill in just a moment here on 105.9 The X.